0: You're listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast. Let's join in for this week's message. Well, I tell you what, I I am excited and I hope I can get through this. Uh, The title of this is Fathers are the Ark Builders. And I'm just telling you, there's going to be some things here that you're going to learn today and we're just talking here. (laughs) We're just going to talk amongst ourselves today that I believe is going to literally transform your thinking how big God is. How big of a father and that he is not up there wringing his hands trying to figure out how he's going to pull this off. But from the very beginning of time, God has always had a plan. And 1 Peter chapter 3, we're going to start in verse 8. And Peter is talking here about godly living. Talking about living godly in the midst of a perverse and crooked generation. And he's laying out some some guidelines here. And in verse 8, he says, To sum up, let all be harmonious, sympathetic, brotherly, kind-hearted, and humble in spirit, not returning evil for evil or insult for insult, but giving a blessing instead. For you were called for the very purpose that you might inherit a blessing. For let him who means to love life And see good days, refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking guile. And let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and his ears attend to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Now, nobody can even argue at this point in our time and culture that we're living in the harvest of where the family unit has been broken down. It started with the fathers. The enemy attacked the fathers. Now the enemy has attacked the mothers. And so there's, there's no debating this right now. We are living in the harvest of the family unit being desecrated. Come on, y'all with me? See, because we have a generation that doesn't know how to act right. They don't even know how to, they haven't been re- taught respect for one another. They don't even know how to speak right. Come on. See, raising children without discipline and consequences to wrong behavior, it sets them up to miss the mark. And that's sin. Sin is nothing more than missing the mark that God has set for us to live in harmony, to be humble, be sympathetic, to be kind hearted. Come on, to speak a blessing for an inheritance. See, we miss that mark when we don't have parents, when we haven't been disciplined. So we miss the purpose of the inheritance, come on, of being blessed. See, we live in a culture of a victim mentality that everything happens to us is someone else's fault. And then what we do is we throw a fit or we sue, come on, or loot or burn the town down to get our way. See, that's what we're living in. That's because the family unit has been broken down. Somebody tell me, where's the father when the sons are out there looting and burning the town down my dad would have walked out there, grabbed me by my ear. My mama would have come got me. Amen. And said, boy, what are you doing? Yeah. Well, they said this, shut up. Amen. They did that. Come on, are y'all with me? See, that, this thought process of everything has to be fair, it took a while to de- for the enemy to develop it. It took a while. But once it was imp- implemented, it's easy to see the fruit of that line of thinking. What it produced was thorns. It didn't produce no fruit. It didn't produce brotherly kindness, sympathetic kind-hearted, humble in spirit. That's not what Spock in his line of thinking produced with Don't Spank Junior. Come on. Let's keep reading. Verse 17. We can clearly see throughout history Our founding fathers, we can see that the history has been perverted. There's, there's documents that are written that the Bartons, if and I think I may have mentioned this last week, but the Bartons is wall builders. I encourage everybody, write that down. Wall builders, it's David and Tim Barton. You can go on their website. They have original documents that John Quincy Adams, that Abraham Lincoln, his wife, all the way, they have the original letters that they wrote. And we have have history being torn down all over this country. And listen, our founding fathers weren't perfect, but God used them. Just like we aren't perfect, but God's using us. Just like Moses wasn't perfect. Just like David wasn't perfect. Just like, come on. See, God, he, he just needs us to be obedient and to do what his word says. And then to start living according to what he says. And so our history as America, our history is God's story, a divine and you could see all throughout some of these letters, God's divine sovereign hand reaching in. How many times was George Washington spared? The Indians knew George Washington was a godly man because they shot so many bullets at him. He had bullet holes all in his coat and the Indians would sneak. They, would, they had a bounty on him trying to. There's chiefs that would say, I had him and my gun misfired. Shot his horse out from under him. Listen, we'd all have different passports if he would have died. But God knew. God kept him. So all throughout history, you can see God's sovereign hand. Look in verse 17. For it is better if God should will it. He's talking about if you're doing the work of God and you're suffering for righteousness sake. Peter goes on to say, For it is better if God should will it so that you suffer for doing what is right, rather than for doing what is wrong. For Christ also died for sins, once for all, the just for the unjust, in order that he might bring us to God, having been put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit, in which also he went and made proclamation to the spirits in prison who once were disobedient when the patience of God kept waiting in the days of Noah during the construction of the ark in which a few, that is eight persons, were brought safely through the water and corresponding to that baptism now saves you not the removal of dirt from the flesh, but an appeal to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who is at the right hand of God, having gone into heaven after angels and authorities and powers had been subjected to him. Now, there is a lot there to unpack, and I lost of everybody in here. Because if you don't unpack this and understand what's going on, we miss all of God's history. And we miss how powerful and almighty and how sovereign and how God has a plan for each and every one of us from the very beginning of time. Hmm. Because see, here's the deal. Mark 16, verse 16, it says, he who has believed and has been baptized that word baptize means dying to yourself and being conformed to the image of the Father. And the baptism that Peter was talking about, when Jesus it said, when Noah built the ark and he said, and this baptism, he wasn't saying that baptism is what saves you. Because it ain't baptism what saves you. What saves us is when we believe and are baptized, when we die to ourselves, we are, come on, y'all with me, and then we begin to be conformed to his image and his likeness. Come on, I'm gonna make a point and go somewhere here in a minute. But it says Jesus sat down at the right hand of the Father, In other words, with full authority as a son. And in Mark, we see where it says, he who has believed, come on, I want to be a he who, has been baptized, has died to himself, and is being conformed to the image of the son, shall be saved. And it says, but he who is disbelieved shall be condemned. And then it says, these signs will accompany those who have believed. And by name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. And they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. And it says the very next thing, and the Lord worked with them. When we work, we're building something. When we work, we're accomplishing something. When we work, it's because there's a plan that has to be completed. Mm-hmm. And all morning, Holy Spirit's been going, leave them with the work. Leave them with the work leave them with the work leave them with the work and so many times so many people don't know what the work is so many times we don't know what the purpose where what's my calling what's my purpose what's my and we get all caught up in all of when all we got to do is god what we just have to build on the foundation that has already been laid and conformed to the image and the work will take care of itself. Our purpose will take care of itself and too many struggle with the purpose of what I'm... You just be conformed to His image. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind to prove what the will... Come on. It all starts coming together. See, when the Lord began to show me all this, it all actually started when I was going to go look up about Noah and do a little history and teaching on the rainbow. Because we're in the pride month. And y'all all all know the nice sayings, you know, pride comes before destruction. It's coming. God's word said it. Listen, we know it's coming. They even Mark was telling me that, that the rainbow flag that this pride group uses is even is not the right colors. That's even perverted. Come on. <laughs> Genesis chapter 5. Let's go to the beginning and we'll work our way back to Revelations. <laughs> Genesis chapter 5, verse 1. This is the book of the generations of Adam. In the day when God created man, he made him in the likeness of God. He created them male and female. Boy, that's, it don't get no clearer. And then he blessed them and named them man in the day when they were created. When Adam had lived 130 years, he became the father of a son. In his own likeness. According to his image. And named him Seth. Then the days of Adam after he became the father of Seth were 800 years. And he had other sons and daughters. And all the days of Adam. All the days that Adam lived were 930 years. And he died. Now. Now. This calls me to pause. <laughs> Adam lived 930 years and we get one son in the genealogy. And what got me was is that Cain and Abel weren't even mentioned. Hmm. But it says Seth was born in his image, in his likeness. Now, when you look the word image up in the Hebrew, it means a representative of. So, in other words, Seth represented Adam. Let me put it this way. Seth was willing to be fathered. Seth was willing to put in the work. Seth was willing to serve. Come on, man. That just gave me, I don't know if that did anything to y'all. And so we go on down and Moses is writing this. Moses is writing this. Moses... I'm I'm trying to... I I want to go because there is a lot here and I want to make doggone sure that I don't get ahead of myself and I lay this out so that you can see history here and you can see that there is a plan, that you can see there is a reason for all of this. And Moses is writing this and he goes 10 generations deep to the flood. Okay? So he goes... Up to the flood, and he gives the genealogy of all of this. And it didn't become clear to me until I got to Enoch, which was the seventh generation from Adam. Now, and there's not a whole lot about Enoch. And when you read this, it says Enoch walked with God 300 years and then was not. I mean like, okay. But when you look, look in Jude, turn to Jude. It's that one chapter in Revel- before Revelations, Jude Look in verse five. Now I desire to remind you though, now I desire to remind you, though you know all things once for all, that the Lord after saving a people out of the land of Egypt, subsequently destroyed those who did not believe. Listen, you got to keep that thought process in your mind, believing and disbelieving believing and disbelieving because it's upon your belief system that you are going to be saved. Okay? Not because you said a prayer. Let's continue reading verse six from the Holy Scriptures. And angels who did not keep their own domain, their own place, their own rank, their own rule, their own estate, their own order. They stepped out. Come on. So, what the devil did, and he convinced a lot of angels that you could get more real estate. <laughs> and angels who did not keep their own domain but abandoned their proper abode. He has kept in eternal bonds under darkness for the judgment of the great day. Just as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities around them, since they in the same way as these indulged in gross immorality and went after strange flesh are exhibited as an example in undergoing the punishment of eternal fire. Yet in the same manner, these men also by dreaming defile the flesh and reject authority and rival angelic majesties. But Michael, the archangel, when he disputed with the devil and argued about the body of Moses, did not dare pronounce against him a railing judgment, but said, the Lord rebuke you. Hmm, what does that mean? But these men revile the things which they do not understand and the things which they know by instinct, they like reasoning animals, by these things, they are destroyed. Look here. We've so overlooked, the ignored the spiritual realm of what's going on. And here, you have Michael the archangel. He won't even put himself in a position to, without God overstepping his authority or overstepping his bounds. He just said, the Lord rebuke you. He's keeping his domain. Come on. There's freedom in that. And here it says, like unreasoning animals, these people enter into gross immorality. Has anybody seen what went on at the L.A. Dodgers ball game? You want to talk about gross immorality? You've got a whole group that are call themselves the Sisters of Perpetual Something, and it's trans. Uh, what, what do we call them? Transvestites? Is that what they're called? Somebody help me. Trans. Well, they're transgender, all right. Yeah they are men who acting like women dressing up like nuns mocking the cross of Christ. And the L.A. Dodgers invited them to the ball game to throw out the first pitch and give them an award. We're talking about people with gross immorality come on living by their feelings, living by their emotions, live it, come on. They're not following the way of Christ. They're not following in the image and likeness to bear, listen, all creation groans and longs for the Revealing of the sons of God, right? The the creation itself is longing for God to be manifested through the sons who are doing the work, who are bearing the image. Come on. And then verse 14. And about these also Enoch in the seventh generation from Adam prophesied saying, Behold, the Lord came with many thousands of his holy ones to execute judgment upon all and to convict all the ungodly of all the ungodly deeds which they have done in an ungodly way and of all the harsh things which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. These are the grumblers finding fault, following after their own lust. They speak arrogantly, flattering people for the sake of gaining an advantage. Listen, Jude is talking about Enoch prophesying judgment Condemnation, and and I'm like, going, wait a minute, there is nothing about this. Well, when you do a little digging around, I found in some Jewish archive writings where Enoch when he was, it says he walked with God. They weren't just talking about nothing. Can you imagine the seventh generation from Adam? Not only did God walk with Enoch... Adam walked with Enoch. Seth walked. <laughs> Dude, this will blow your mind. Enoch prophesied, and it, and here's what it, here's what he says. Let let me read Enoch's prophecy to you I tell you what <laughs> listen we know that we're in a falling away we know that there's deceiving deceptive spirits out there deceiving whom they can, the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. He's roaming around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. And until we get this history straight, until we get to understanding that evolution is a pile of crap from hell, we're listen. We're going to be jacked up. But we have to understand that God brought history from Adam all the way to the flood. Through the flood, all the way to us, because he had a plan. Evolution has nothing to do with it. Come on, this wasn't no big bang or no accident. The devil would love for you to bite off into that. Hmm. Because remember, it goes back to that: he who's believed, he who's disbelieved. He who has believed has been baptized, who is walking, conforming to the image of the Son. Hmm. Adam had Seth in his image and likeness. Come on. We read it. He was willing to be fathered. He was willing to do the work. He was willing to serve. Come on. Just let's Just recap. Look, go, go back to Genesis real quick before I read Enoch's prophecy. <laughs> I'm telling you, this has consumed my head for weeks. And I'm telling you, it is, I would do the math and I would write it down and I'd go look at my genealogy deal. I would come, it is, and my bath is not, you know what I mean? So I had to go check it, double check it, calculate it, cal- you know. All right, verse 29. Okay, it says, let's back up in verse 28. Lamech lived 182 years and became the father of a son. I love that part, how they say that. Became the father of a son. Okay? Now, he called his name Noah. In the midst of all these genealogies, the only pause in all of this was Enoch and in Noah. In Lamech, he says, now he called his name Noah which means give us rest. Not only does he stop and say, I've had a son and here's what his name means, rest. And then it goes on to say, this one shall give us rest from our work (laughs) and from the toil of our hand from the ground which the Lord has cursed. Now, back to Enoch's prophecy. In the book of Enoch, he had visions where he walked with God and he called Methuselah, his son, come here. We're fixing to talk. We're talking here. You write this down. Write this down. And he says, Now, my son Methuselah, I will show you all my visions which I have seen, recounting them before thee. Two visions I saw before I took a wife. He says, Before I was even married, before you, I married your mother, he said, I had these visions. I saw a terrible vision, and regarding them, I prayed to the Lord. I had laid me down in the house of my grandfather, Mahalala, I guess he was Hawaiian, when I saw in a vision how the heaven collapsed and was borne off and fell to the earth. And when it fell to the earth, I saw how the earth was swallowed up in a great abyss and mountains were suspended on mountains and hills sank down on hills and high trees were rent from their stems and hurled down and sunk into the abyss. And this goes on and on. And he had other visions where he seen from, he's seen where God created all the heavens and all their names. He tells Methuselah, here, write this down. Write these down, the names of the constellations and stars, and he's the one that God showed this is the east, this is the west, this is north, this is south. He showed all of that. He walked with God. Now, before you get all jacked up and you leave out of here and then some other preacher comes and says, well, that's all from a book. I don't even know how to say the name of it. But it's the only, listen, if the scriptures right here, if God can watch over those and inspire them from Moses till now, come on, He can keep the prophecies of Enoch. Even though it's not written in here. Come on. Are y'all with me? Because most people without understanding and having a revelation of what really was going on, yeah, I can see where you just dismiss that as no authenticity. Come on. I'm just trying to prepare you. But I happen to be able to see, wow, that could, whoo, God, I see, it. you got a plan, you got to work, you got, man, I mean, it just, it just, something settles in you. In, a, in the midst of all the chaos and confusion that we're living in. When you understand that God has had a plan from the very beginning and how He got all this history and how He got everything to hear, how He got Jesus to the cross, and how now we are living in the. Come on. When you see that Noah, oh man. See, what we see is a very clear picture that God is always working with those who will have faith and believe and follow. Listen. When Jesus, when it says in Peter, listen, here's what you got to see this too. Creation From the beginning of creation, listen, and and I get, listen, I know it says when the earth was formless and void, I don't know how long that was and I don't care, okay? What I'm going to take you to and what I'm calling creation is when God began to speak into being plants, animals, man. Come on, splitting the expanse of the heavens and the earth and the, we got it? I don't know how long all that's been here. I don't know, but I know it was formless and void until the Holy Spirit hovered over it and began to, come on, okay. From creation to Moses, Was 2000, from creation to Moses' death, was 2,553 years. Write that down. That's very important. Very important. Adam talked with Seth, his son, 800 years. Adam. Talked with Enoch, the seventh from Adam, 308 years. Adam talked with Methuselah, Enoch's son, 243 years. Come on, are y'all starting to see something here? Adam could have very well talked with Lamech, Noah's father. For 56 years. Now, are you starting to see? Because here's the deal. There's a lot of living these guys lived. Adam lived 900 and something years. 930 years. God is, all right, here, y'all talk about this. Here, y'all write this down. That whole Neanderthal thing where we were walking around beating our chest, grunting, trying to figure out how to make fire, dragging our women by the hair of the head is crazy. We get a clear picture that God had a communication process and here's how you write. here's Here's the history and here's what's going on and come on. Enoch was very, very adamant. You go through here, all through the genealogies, and it says Adam had this son. Seth had this son. Listen, it didn't, and then it says they had many other sons. But I'm telling you, out of all the sons these men had, only a handful got it to do the work. And in Peter, he said Jesus went and proclaimed to the spirits in prison, right? He didn't go down there saying, All right, boys, we're all getting a second chance. It's not what he said. He went down there and proclaimed, It's finished. I'm going to sit on the throne at the right hand of my Father. And all y'all that were disobedient and wouldn't work, wouldn't bear the image, wouldn't, come on. See, it says in the Bible that when Jesus went down there and did that, in between all of those that were obedient who were doing the work were seen walking around the town because they believed. They were The fathers were willing to build. The sons were willing to serve. Come, come on. Methuselah talked with Seth 355 years. Lamech and Shem talked 98 years. Shem's death, Shem was Noah's son who got on the ark, one of the eight. Come on. Shem lived 2,158 years after creation, which brings the work through the flood to Moses and leaves 275 years to the death of Moses. over 2,553 years. And there's another recording where Methuselah and Shem, Noah's son, Methuselah's the grandfather, where Methuselah and Shem had these big pillars and they etched in stone all the history from the creation where Adam had talked with them, where Seth had talked with them, where Enoch talked to them and told them about the vision told them about the work of God. Come on, because Enoch's visions were that God was sending a Savior, that God was sending a flood. Methuselah died the same year the deluge happened and Noah got in the boat. Lamech is the only one in that time that died before his father. Noah's dad died before his grandfather, Methuselah. Lamech says, this is the one who's gonna give us rest. In the midst, hear me, Noah. In the midst of a crooked, perverse generation is constantly building. An ark. Jesus is the type of ark. Fathers build arks. Fathers are the work that we do is after we're baptized, after we believe. As we are working to be conformed to the image, we are building the ark that's going to save. That's going to rise them above. Everything that is going on in a perverse and crooked generation, it's us. Son, go get me another board. But Daddy, you don't understand. Son, give me that hammer. I need that hammer. We got to keep doing. Because this is our history. This is our history. I don't care what they're saying. I don't care if they said it's never rained. I don't care if they don't even know what I'm building. I don't care if they think it's not... Son, I need this board right here. I need it cut 20 foot wide. I need... Yes, sir. Listen, you don't have to understand, sons. You don't have to understand or even think you're called to that. But if you'll stick it out and serve and work, creation will see the sons of God. It said he will give us rest and we will rise above the ground that we toil and work that God cursed. We can rise above the curse. Come on. Amen. We can rise above the curse. Fathers build arks regardless of what's going on regardless of the lies, regardless of the misunderstanding, regardless of the politics, regardless of the media, regardless of what, come on. Fathers who are willing to work this thing out. See, there is a work that was done Jesus went back and said, boys, it is finished. It is finished. Can you imagine Moses, Noah, Methuselah, Enoch, Adam, Seth, Lamech, all of them, David. I guarantee you, David led the charge. He probably didn't even get dressed. We know how he run around half the time. Don't you know? How amazing is God, our Father, that he put this work in our hands? He put it in our hands to pass on to the next generation, to the next generation, to the next generation for us to keep building. Come on, can you imagine Noah's wife and daughter-in-laws? They just got right in. Come on, you know what excites me is when the sons began to see the vision come to pass. You know they heard their daddy for years, for years believing, talking about this. And then all of a sudden, one day, here comes two animals showed up. Dad, we got, we got a couple of duck bill platypuses over here. <laughs> Dad, we got something over here with a long neck. I don't even know what that is. Oh, Adam called that a giraffe. Come on, y'all getting this picture now. Dad, there's a scary looking thing out here. He's got a horn coming out of his nose. I don't know what that is, but he's grunting. Oh, he called that a rhino. Can, can you imagine, Who? hey, Sham going in talking to his kids. Hey, Grandpa ain't crazy. <laughs> Stuff's starting to happen here. I can see the vision coming to pass. I can see it coming to pass. I bet production picked up. I bet there was an urgency when animals started showing up. Come on. We better really patch this hole right here. Come on, guys. Fathers, we just got to keep building. You keep building, and one day they'll see it. And then they'll walk in the image and likeness of their father. I look at my kids. My kids do what I do. Cowboys are good ones. But I want them to be in the likeness, not just the image, but the likeness to where they represent what I represent. So I have to keep building. Son, get me a board. I need a hammer. Dad, I'm tired of toting hammers and I'm tired of building. It's all right. It's going to pay off one day. You'll see it one day. But you've got to stick with it. So on this Father's Day, Proclaiming the history of our God, no accident. And He set signs in the sky, a covenant of a rainbow, and the covenant of His Son through His body and His blood, that we can rise above all of this, us and our families. All who will believe, if you will stand. What an amazing God we serve. Father, we can't thank you enough. We can't thank you enough for your grace and your mercy Lord, we see the work. Now help us to keep working. Help us to bear sons and daughters in your image and your likeness as we build as we build and continue in the work. Lord, we thank you. And we praise you that we can have rest and rise above everything that's taken place in this country. We give you the praise and honor and stand in awe of who you are. Lord, help us to get it right. We might have been... Lacking, but help us get it right. Lord, we repent to you. Help us to step up to the plate and finish strong. Lord, I thank you that we're going to finish strong. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, if you agree and believe, amen. Love y'all and happy Father's Day to all y'all.